0: welcome to chico hospital for cats podcast we are here with my dear friend brie from chico hospital for cats as well and this is submit and we have another episode here that we want to talk about some pretty important stuff so brie i think this is a Topic that maybe some people are not comfortable to talk about, or something that is a little bit looked away from because it's such a hard thing to talk about sometimes. Uh, which is the topic of pet grieving or mourning, or you know, the loss of a pet, basically, and what comes afterwards—the emotional roller coaster of things happening to you and your pet. So let's start with. We we want to do this in sort of two parts, but let's start with the part where the owner. Of the pet is going through, of you know, of emotions and and maybe sort of like the the experience of dealing with a pet loss. Well,
1: I guess the most important thing to remember about grieving is that it's very individual and that everyone's going to experience it in their own time frame and in their own way. So, it's not necessarily good to compare yourself to, you know, oh, my friend lost this pet. Mm-hmm. Um, just the same way as if you lost, you know, a, a human companion. You're going to grieve differently than your mom
0: or your brother or your friend. Yeah, it's not like black and white for sure. Everybody's going to react different to it. But I think there are some common things that we can talk about that could be helpful for people. Most people, for example, might not be aware of that there are some in most places there are some local grief support groups Mm -hmm. that they can reach out to now we're all cat people we love cats and and our whole world is surrounded by them but sometimes when you lose a cat i don't know if you've ever been in this position but if sometimes when you lose a beloved fur baby and you want to talk about this to a person who's necessarily not a cat person, you can tell after the first minute or so they get kind of like, (laughs) okay, I understand you lost your pet, but let's move forward. Like You know what I mean? So when you go to these local support groups that are actually designed to talk about this exact situation and everybody there is on the same page with you, I think that could be very beneficial. At least one of the things that people can do is to join those groups.
1: Absolutely. I mean, talking about your grief with somebody who maybe you don't know is sometimes a better way because you are able to just talk about it and kind of convey the way you feel. You're not necessarily looking for feedback just to kind of um, let those emotions
0: out. Yeah, on these, speaking of these local groups, it doesn't really have to be local groups if you feel uncomfortable about your presence of being somewhere, especially with viruses and quarantines these days. But what I was going to say is you can also find these groups online now mm-hmm. many Facebook pages many uh, other apps communities are online and you don't really have to show yourself physically but you can still join these groups and exchange maybe some emotions some yeah. suggestions I think it's very helpful to overcome this and the other mm-hmm. thing I want to tell you is okay everybody's different but I think taking your time and not rushing through this process is pr- pretty much important for everyone absolutely especially especially uh, rushing about getting another pet maybe that's going to be a little bit difficult for you and maybe if you're a multi-pet household it's going to be difficult for your other pets who are maybe grieving too which is actually the more the part we want to talk more about today if the other pets in your household are grieving as well a new Mm -hmm. pet is not going to help right away in the short term when they're going through these emotions but before we talk about all that what do you think are some signs that we can look out for to even understand if other pets are grieving and missing their um, furry friends?
1: Well, when we did a little bit of research, there was uh, several that popped up. Um, One of the major ones is a change in appetite. So, um, and I think some of this can be also kind of, reflected in humans too. I mean, like mm-hmm. they're saying a lot of pets will eat less following the loss of a furry friend, especially um, most notably interesting as if it was kind of the leader of the household. Mm. And they said more so with dogs, cause there's kind of yeah. more so like a leader of the pack, but they're saying if the leader passes, then a lot of times the more submissive animals in the household would follow that animal's lead. And so if they're the first one to the food bowl kind of eating, then the other ones don't have that leader to follow.
0: So they're eating less or they're not going to eat at all. There is this superstition that I always try to break in my mind, or not superstition, but wrong perception in my opinion, that only dogs or stronger dogs have this situation. But I think you might agree with me. I definitely see a hierarchy in my cat for cat household Who is the one that always eats first? (laughs) Who is the one that always gets the brand new cat trees top spot? (laughs) Don't you think like this is clearly happening with cats? So maybe not in the form of dogs and wolves and all this stuff that people are talking about scientifically. But definitely there are some cats that are stronger in presence and the others are more followers. So that definitely makes sense for the other ones to miss that cat a little bit more.
1: I agree. Yeah. I mean, like, what food in the morning, because I do what food in the morning and evening, so everyone gets their own bowl. But my one male, he does, he, like, he comes up first, and he kind of is just, like, pushing everyone aside. <laughs> Funny thing is, is, like, he usually doesn't eat first. Like, he just pushes everyone aside, wants to be there first. Oh. And then he, weirdly enough, likes to eat everyone's leftovers. <laughs> but he's always the first one there, and just, like...
0: He's yeah. saying, hey, guys, we got food today, or <laughs> right, I'm just checking... You know, one of my, my food is set up in the garage and there is a cat door to the garage mm-hmm. from the living room. And sometimes I sit in my garage and um, my alpha sort of leading cat comes in through the cat door and slowly goes to the food. And my other cat, Mr. Kitty, every single time comes right after him, following him <laughs> and waits for him to finish his food and then goes eats at the same time with him. Hmm. It kind of follows, you know, my alpha cat's schedule about eating so it's really funny to watch these little interactions but yeah so that's one of the things absolutely appetite because it could definitely decrease or there could be a lack of appetite which is pretty serious for a cat so if it's long term there's definitely things that the owners need to do to you know break that cycle and get your cat to eat what else can we see
1: Uh, They also note changes in vocalization. So they're saying that cats and dogs might be more vocal in the household, like crying out or barking, just more noise making in general. So also they say, you know, if your cat is normally very vocal and then ceases to kind of be that way, that's they Mm. can kind of go the flip flop, go the opposite way. So changes on either side of that spectrum.
0: Yeah, kind of like almost like yowling especially Mm -hmm. in random times when it's not about asking for For food or attention. just sit there and doing it. I actually have seen that happening a few times. So, of course, that could be another medical reason, too. It's always good to look into it. But in this context, we're just talking about one of the signs that might be related to pet grieving. We also
1: have uh, changes in personality. Uh, so there is a study that said about 60% of dogs and cats became quite a bit more clinging to their, their humans after a loss of a
0: fur buddy. I would say that's pretty much pretty true as well, because some cats, so here's an example, my one of my relatives cat escaped last year, for a long time, actually, almost for a month, they couldn't find this cat. And the other cat that's still at home, was pretty independent and not really much into his human lords. (laughs) And so suddenly his personality changed so much, he started being extremely, you know, close and clingy and needy and and being with them. And they told me this several times. Um, I think he was actually very bonded with this cat that escaped, but he tried to fill that void void. with their owners. And so I actually saw that happening too. And I'm not sure what happened after they found this kitty because this is a happy ending. They find this kitty after a long time, but I'm not sure if the cat who had personality changes went back to being a little bit independent again and (laughs) bond with the cat instead of the owner or stayed that way. So I would have to catch up on that and find out.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. When my, we put down our one of, we had two dogs about the same age and we put one of them down early this year after uh, her lymphoma got worse. Um, And my my dog now is, he just is glued to my husband's side. I'm just,
0: really? Oh,
1: God. My husband will be like, here, come up front with mom for a little bit. Like, I need my space. need a little breather. <laughs> so he's definitely become a lot clingier. I kind of wonder also, too, like, we, we've we discussed in having another animal in the house, mm-hmm. whether that another dog would make him better if he, oh, I think yeah. he kind of likes being dad's best friend, though, I got to
0: say. Yeah, it looks like he's enjoying his time. <laughs> So changes in habits, uh, maybe a little bit more yowling, and the appetite change could be something people should look out for. Um, and then one of the things that I read in in some of the articles is maybe they might seek for the locate the favorite location of the past mm-hmm. um, animals. I think that's a very good concrete sign. If suddenly this cat who didn't care about that, you know, specific bedding or cat tree, whatever it is or pillow and that suddenly they they spend time there a lot yeah. that's that's a, that's a good sign
1: I actually noticed that
0: years ago when I was in San Diego
1: one of our cats passed away unexpectedly uh, and she wasn't we had three cats at the time and she was the newest and she wasn't real close to my other two you know they all coexisted but none of them were like best buddies but When she passed, both of those cats, my other cats would go to the same, like her spot where she always liked to lay and they would kind of trade off and just lay in that spot. So I don't know if they were missing her or if they were just taking over her space. Taking advantage (laughs) of it. (laughs) But I'm like, that is something I, I, it was unusual because she had a very, she had a spot that those other two didn't lay in and I would find them there all the time after she had passed.
0: So, you know, this is not the subject of this episode in this podcast, but Of course, we as the veterinary staff also are sort of a part of that emotional roller coaster of, you know, people losing their beloved cats and pets. So I think that's a good subject to talk about in the future as far as how the veterinary Mm -hmm. staff versus the client interaction goes on those days that these hard decisions have to be made. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's another whole different part of the story. But we're more concentrated on the home part of it, you know, post days of of this um, grieving. And, you know, one thing that I, I think is it's really important to do this episode right now is after the sheltering and quarantines started in our lives, you know, since last year, the human-animal bonding went to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And especially, can you imagine somebody living alone not with their families or spouses or whatever but living alone and having a pet and during those quarantines when you can't leave your house and not, yeah. not do much I think it's just I mean even without that the bonding between human and animal is totally beyond imaginable you know measures it's just very strong yeah but then psychologically, now it's even more important than ever, and I think that it even explains why throughout the whole country the appointments to veterinary hospitals has, have exploded.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's nonstop. Everybody wants to take care of their pets now.
1: Yeah, and like, and they're home more often to see those changes. You know what I mean? So
0: um, we have this um, little percentage type of data that I pull up from PetMD.com, and it's um, about the cats versus dogs, uh, what the behavioral changes are observed in some of the research. So uh, as far as the cats being involved, uh, being more demanding and wanting more attention, mm-hmm. it's 40% over dogs being 60% in that case. So, you know, it's I think it's still pretty high. Most people probably would even think that cats don't have any changes after a loss. But I think it was pretty high and impressed. I'm impressed with that number. Uh, being clingy or needy, it's 22% versus dogs, so uh, 78% on the dogs, but I think um, that explains their independent nature maybe a I agree a bit.
1: that in my, in my household. That, that's, a good, that's a correct stat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> seeking less affection from owners is 15%. Seeking out the disease favorite spot, which is what we mentioned a few minutes ago, is 36%. That means in dogs we see that much more, but that doesn't mean we don't see it in cats, so... That's also something still important to observe for the cats. And Domino decided to join (laughs) us. (laughs) And then we should we didn't talk about this yet, but increased duration of sleep. Mm -hmm. That's actually really good one to look out for after you know, during the grieving period of times. Also decreased amount of eating that you mentioned that that's twenty-one percent over dogs and um Increased frequency in, uh, in, in you know, yowling and vocalizations is 43% versus dogs, which is almost half-half. If you think about it, that's pretty crazy. Um, this is just a one uh, research, of course. It's going to change, like you said, based on the people and cats and household. It's all dynamic, different situations. All right, so Domino visited us with a strong purr, but I actually didn't record it. He came here and showed his offered his blessings about the podcast recording, but now he left. So Bree, do you have a few things more to add before we uh, go on and end this episode?
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on kind of um, how you can help your pet through that grieving process. And we kind of um, broached a couple of suggestions. So one of them, as we were talking about, was to spend some quality time with your pet. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure you're helping them through that process. Engaging with them more, more you know, giving time. them more attention, more loves, just reassuring them, you know, that of your presence still and allowing time for that adjustment period. You know, I, like I was saying earlier, you could. I definitely understand if you are in a single pet household, mm-hmm. if you lose your animal, wanting to adopt sooner than later, I think is a pretty normal feeling a lot of times just because it's such a big void in your household. But when you have other animals, you just want to allow that time for Um, yourself and the animals to process things and you don't necessarily have to rush into feeling that void
0: yeah i totally agree with that i think it really depends on each person's situation Mm -hmm. there on what to do and it also is based on how when you feel ready to do that right Mm -hmm. so you gotta feel ready to commit to another pet before you make that decision so but with one person one pet household i think that's very important
1: um and then as we said kind of earlier um We want to respect our routines, you Mm -hmm. know, keep those meal times at a certain place. If you have a certain playtime or a certain time where you're brushing them, that routine is going to make your animals feel more secure and safe and
0: keeping them on schedule. Like something major changed, but at least my other routines are continuing kind of feeling, right?
1: Sense of normalcy, um, keep things stable. As we said earlier when Sam was commenting on the fact that, you know, not eating when sleeping more are often signs of grief in animals, but those can be really uh, detrimental to cats, especially. Uh, You know, they don't eat for a day or two. That can have a major impact on their organs functioning. And so if that's the case, you do want to reach out to a veterinarian. And there are appetite stimulants. There are things to help with depression to kind of get your animals through that hump. Mm -hmm. And come out
0: happy and healthy. Yeah. And again, if you do need to join a group or seek some help for yourself as well, not just for your pet, I think that's a really good idea, too. And there's, you know, no shame or anything about this. This is just you dealing with your emotions. And, you know, we're all gonna miss our beloved kitties. And uh, we just have to find a way to find peace within ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think this is pretty much all we have to say about this for now. But again, like I mentioned, maybe in the future we'll make an episode where we talk more about the staff, how the staff is dealing with this, versus staff and client situation. Uh that's a very interesting. Maybe one of the more harder parts of being in this field is to deal with those kind of emotions because we have I mean we're professional people, but we have emotions too. So <laughs> it's uh it's definitely like, interesting to talk about that in another episode but for now thanks for joining us brie all
1: right guys Till next time
0: you can find us on spotify apple podcast or google podcast or you can just go to chicocats.com and click on podcasts on our website thank you so much for listening to us and see you next time